welcome to Sit With Me. I am your host, Tori Christina, and we are here today to continue our conversation on mental health. We know that each of us have those issues at one time or another in life. It can just hit you where you really have to be intentional about making sure that you are healthy mentally, but also spiritually. So that is what this platform is for. No, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a mental health counselor, but I will be bringing you professionals, therapists, counselors, and even everyday people that deal with their mental health and ways that they've come out of it. So that's why we're here to share. Hopefully, maybe you'll see yourself in it, or maybe you'll see somebody that's close to you in it, and you'll be able to have the compassion that is needed to be able to support them and stand by them through their process. So today, we have our guest here. It's Shot City. Like, I didn't want to mess it up. Like, okay, guys, I told her before we got started, I just did not want to butcher her name. You got but it, though. I, I know, but I just it. be feeling like, you know, I don't want to mess it up. But Shot City Brown, she is the founder of The Mending Project. Yay. Yes. <laughs> so I want to just, we'll just start there with okay. The Mending Project. Now, this is not your... Um, it's not this what is you not do. my trade. No. It's not your trade. No. So what is no. your trade? So I'm a mortgage broker. I've been in the mortgage industry for almost 20 years. Um, wow. I didn't yeah. know it was that long. Yeah, for about 20 years. Mm-hmm. Took, you know, different capacities. So mm-hmm. I started out as a processor underwriter. And now I'm a loan officer. So I do, you know, pretty much all of it. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so what is the Mending Project? So... I feel like God gave me the mending project a few years ago, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I just never did anything with it. So the mending project kind of came up again earlier this year Mm -hmm. after I had gone through some things. Um, But what I really am hoping that it turns into is a community of people who have been through things Mm -hmm. okay we've all been through some things but I wanted it to be a community where we could support each other I know a lot of times during you know the things that I've been through in life I was quiet I was silent I didn't want to talk about it I didn't feel like people understood so I really didn't have a network or you know a support system Mm. Um, and so I really wanted to be a support system for women that are you know healing and going through things and you know just a safe place for them a safe place Yeah. yeah that's good Um, support systems are important and that's why I said even with this platform I want to bring people like you know it's always mental health awareness but there also needs to be like mental health acceptance right and that comes from my dear friend Mike Boyette I want to give him a (laughs) shout out Um, but he said that to me one day and I was like you know what you're right like we need to have more compassion for people that are dealing with traumatic situations that really affect their mental health. Right. And what what I've seen is that we kind of gloss over it. Mm -hmm. We move on. You know, we don't talk about it. We don't, you know, acknowledge it. We just, you know, suppress everything and move on. Right. But I think we got to talk about it in order to heal. Yeah, definitely. I've always pointed out to um, people that are around me, like, you do have to address it. 
Yeah. You have to you have to talk about it because the more you keep it in secret, the more the enemy can use it against you. Exactly. Once you start talking about it, then he can't use that right. against you. You expose it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I know it's there. I know it happened. So you don't have to keep bringing it up. Let's put it on the table. Yeah. Let's deal with <laughs> yeah. it. All right. So tell me how you said the Mending Project came to you when you were first when you were... So uh, I would say around 2012. Mm-hmm. So I I won't say I've had a hard life, but I've gone through some things mm-hmm. in life. And so, um, you know, in 2012, just in, you know, my quiet time, um, God dropped the mending project in my spirit. And he gave me, you know, what it should look like, you mm-hmm. know, what it should, uh, what needs it should meet for people. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, it was completely different. But as I went through some things earlier this year, um, God said to talk about it. Talk about the things that I've been through. Talk about how I healed from the things that I've been through. Because there are so many people out there that are going through things, not talking about it. You know, I come from a family of strong women. Yeah. You know, we we deal with it and we move on. Right. You know, but... That's not always the best way to do it. You know, I've made a lot of mistakes along the way Mm -hmm. being strong and suppressing it and moving on. I think I heard you say on one of your um, videos and you can follow her on Instagram (laughs) at The Mending Project. Um, I heard you say on one of the videos is that we tend to deal with people out of our trauma. Like so you you and I I know that for a fact, like when. Me getting into um, a new relationship, a new marriage, and dealing with him, I saw myself blocking my blessing. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Because of the trauma from being scared, from not trusting. Yep. And that, and that's a real thing. It's a real thing. The things that we go through in life frame the way that we see the world, right? Mm-hmm. So not just personal, you know, intimate relationships, but also relationships with people that we meet every day at work. You know, mm-hmm. it affects every single relationship that we come in contact with. I know um, I just got married, what, four years ago. Mm-hmm. And I did everything I could to push my husband away because I, you know, that was my coping mechanism. Right. You know, that was my way of safeguarding my heart not from being pain, hurt again from not being hurt right. you know again and so that all stemmed from trauma you know yeah. that all stemmed from the things that I've gone through in life and you know I'm the only person that's going to protect me so if I don't protect my heart you know then it can be hurt again how do you think you come to the came to the revelation because I'm trying to think of how I came to that revelation (laughs) that you were pushing him away because of the hurt um a lot of the I'm gonna say prayer Mm -hmm. because I you know my prayer is always God show me myself show me what you know what you see that I don't see Mm -hmm. and this man proved himself over and over and over and over and over again Mm -hmm. and out of fear, you know, I, I basically I was going to lose him. You know what I mean? If I just live my life in fear, I just decided one day, you know what? And that's not just with the relationship. That's with life, period. Right. I'm just going to live. You know what I mean? Because you're really not living. No, you're really not living. That's that's good. You you aren't living because if you're living within your own boundaries and borders that yeah your own box and I cannot live outside of this box because if I get outside of it I might get hurt oh my gosh 
Right. No, but guess what? In your box, you're going to get hurt. Outside your box, so you're going to get hurt. So here's the thing. That box, yeah, it might keep her out, but it's going to keep love out too. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's going to keep you from experiencing life, experiencing love. So you just weigh have, your options. You have to take a chance. Yeah. You have yeah. to take a chance on life. It's a risk. Yeah. Life is a risk. Life is a risk. Yeah. To live is a risk. Right. But to to live free is, is a risk. Exactly. But the thing that I found is that when you know that all things are working together for your good. All things, even the painful things work yes. together for your good. So, And then somebody always tells me that I have to add that the, for those that are called according to this purpose. So we understand that scripture is for the children of God. Yes. But also <laughs> God reigns on the just as well as, as the, unjust. the unjust. You know, Jesus died for the sins of the world. So, right. you know, he, he can still carry you until you get to that place in him. Right. Um, I like that. I like that. So what, what I, I saw that, you know, you lost your mother. Mm -hmm. So, and your father mm -hmm. and your grandmother. Mm -hmm. And so all of them were very special to you or. So just, you know, not to be very long winded with the story, mm -hmm. but, um, I grew up with both my mom and my dad, mm -hmm. um, in the household until I was maybe seven Mm -hmm. I think about six or seven. Um, my dad was abusive. You know, I love him to death, but he was abusive. I saw him, you know, um, physically and verbally abuse my mom, you know, up until I was about seven and she decided to leave. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, my mom and I lived on our own. Um, my dad really, you know, he never really came around. Mm -hmm. um, and so... When I had just turned 17, I turned, I turned, I was 16 and I turned 17 in October. My mom died in uh, December. So like wow. two, two months later, it was um, what, 12 days before Christmas. So Christmas has always been a hard time for me. Mm -hmm. So my mom was like my everything, right? right? She was everything to me. She was the only parent. But my grandmother was also there. So it was my mom, my grandma. You know, every time you saw one, you saw the other two. Mm. You know, so when I lost my mom, that was like taking my breath away. You know, at being young and not really know, you know, I had a, I, I knew God, but mm. I didn't really have a relationship with him. And so for me, that was my hope. That was my dream. That was everything. I didn't really see a life beyond, you know, beyond the death of my mom. Mm. Um, my dad really didn't come around, you know, he didn't come to the funeral. Really? Well, actually he came around that day uh -huh. that my mom died and my grandmother met him at the door and she basically told him, you know, if you're not ready to be in her life consistently, then I'm not going to let you see her today. Uh -huh. And he left, he chose to leave. So I really didn't see him for years, you know, after that, until I looked for him, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, so I didn't really have a relationship with my dad growing up. You know, it was off and on. He was a very um, funny guy. You know, he was a very likable guy, very funny guy. So, you know, when we did see each other, it would be, you know, laughter or whatever. Mm -hmm. But truthfully, I would act as if, you know, it didn't bother me. You know, That you were hurt. I would say, you know, well, he doesn't care about me. I don't care about him. Mm -hmm. That was a lie, a complete lie, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I didn't really get a relationship with my dad until I was like 28 years old. 
Um, and that's because I looked for him. I reached out with, you know, I reached out to him. I wrote him a letter, you know, because I was carrying so much unforgiveness. I did that with my dad too. So much pain, yeah. so much pain. And I didn't realize that I had daddy issues until I was an adult, you know, mm -hmm. until I got married. So, um, I had to release it. And right. so I wrote him a letter, like five page letter. He responded, girl, I'm your dad. You know, I'm your dad. You should love me. <laughs> and that's not what we talk about. No. My daddy told me, my my dad told me, he was like, the Lord going to handle it. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I know the Lord and he's been very good to me. I'm talking what about, about you? you. What about taking responsibility? Right. And I think um, what helped me to release my dad is, I realized that he had issues of his own. Yeah. It wasn't really about me, mm -hmm. you know, so I kind of had to accept that. Mm -hmm. um, he ended up apologizing to me. We were really, really close for like two years mm -hmm. and he got sick. Um, he ended up apologizing to me on his deathbed. Really? Yeah. So, oh my um, goodness. Yeah. So it was, um, I a think, lot. Yeah, it was a lot. But I think I would have rather him stay here than to get that apology. That apology, once I got it, didn't mean as much as I thought it did. You know, okay. it would. Um, he was actually there for me during some hard times. So, you know, we were able to build a, a, a really close relationship in that two-year period and mm -hmm. then he died so that was kind of hard well like he said he is your he's your dad he's you know dad. and I I that's what I had to do with, with my father and he's always been um a, a part of my life like financially he's right. always been there right. never slacked on that so he right. wasn't a deadbeat dad right but like you said you, the relationship we don't have and he's apologized before um but I think that I, I, that relationship is something that a child needs. I believe that's in a, a, a little girl's life or a boy's life. The fathers matter. It, they matter. That's why I said I didn't realize I had daddy issues until I was an adult. Because as a child, all you know is play. You know, you're playing, you're going to school, you're, you're, you know, you're distracted from it. Right. But when you start to build relationships with other people, then you realize, wait a minute, I'm, I'm lacking something. There's a void. There's a void here. Mm -hmm. There's something that I didn't get. Mm -hmm. You know, dads for girls validate who they are. Mm -hmm. You know, they they tell them that you're okay. Yeah. You know, you're okay being who you are. You are, you know, your love. That's your first example of love, right? Mm -hmm. And when you don't have that, where does it come from? It doesn't. Else. It's a void. Yeah. And so you spend your, you know, you spend your time looking for the acceptance, the love. Right. You know, it may not be blatant. You know, it may not be something that you're even conscious of, but it's there. It's there. Yeah. You know, and so I, I, I know my first, you know, adult real relationship. It's like I was looking for acceptance. I was looking for the validation. Mm -hmm. And when I didn't get it, mm -hmm. I fell apart. Yeah. You know, I fell apart. And that's something that I should have gotten as a child. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that relationship with your dad matters. matters. It matters more than, you know, we 
think because it's so common for dads, you know, to, to be not absent. be around. Yeah. You know, so Which, we think we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're really not. We're not. And you can see it even with, you know, people on TV. You mm -hmm. can see it. You can see, you know, in their relationships with other people. You can. Well, I don't know if I can see it because I know what it looks like. Mm -hmm. But you can see those traits come out. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we're wounded. Right. <laughs> you know, we're we're wounded. And the fact that we don't acknowledge it. Yeah, I think it puts us further back. So that's the encouragement is to when you're having those voids in your life. Um, to actually face that head on it's acceptance accepting yeah so you're saying like accepting that it happened Accept accepting the person right it well both mm -hmm. you know you you have to accept you know what my dad wasn't there right and because he wasn't there you know I have some issues right because he wasn't there right you know I I know we can grow. We can grow up. We can be successful. We can make money. You know, we can do the the things. We mm -hmm. can do you know the things that make us look successful. Mm -hmm. But what about your heart? Right. You know, what about your heart? Um, I covered up a lot of it. You know. You know what I think is amazing about your story is that you're saying that even though it was what it was, he was able to be there for you right. during some of the most traumatic times in right. your life. So it's just I I think that God has a way of 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 making it work. You he, know, he even though we way. make decisions and we mess up his his perfect will for our lives, yes. like he always has a way to he put it back. He factors in our mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just because we make mistakes doesn't mean that God can't use those right. to work in our good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Because, I mean, you could go through some really bad times in your life and think that it is over for you. Right. But it's not over. I, I will say that every um, every loss, you know, whether that's from my mom, my dad, my grandmother, going through a divorce, every loss, I think I lost a little piece of myself, mm -hmm. you know, to the point where I didn't think, you know, where do I go from here? Mm -hmm. How do I, you know, put the pieces back together and continue on with my life? A lot of times I didn't think that I could. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times I didn't think, um, I thought it was over for me. Yeah. You know, it's almost like rebuilding every single time. So every time something happened, mm -hmm. you felt like you have to rebuild yourself from there. Yeah, because it's a blow. And I, and, and Especially when you go through traumatic things like that, if you don't deal with them, mm -hmm. you, they pile one on top of the other. Mm -hmm. So where, you know, it may be that single incident, you know, that happened and it may not be that bad, but because you didn't deal with all the other things that you've gone through, it feels like a mountain yes. of things, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think every single, you know, every single thing that I've gone through, I feel like I had to put the pieces back together and rebuild yeah so and then so that was your your mom then your dad and then your grandmother yes okay so what I always pray for people during a time of loss is that God will allow them to grieve properly right like they would actually go through the grieving process right. so that there's nothing left there right um what was your grieving process like I think it was different each time mm -hmm. um 
for my mom, again, I was so young, I really didn't understand. Um, Did you experience like being mad at God? I was so angry. So let me just give you. <laughs> so I never really thought that my mom would die. I, you know, I saw her. I literally um, gave up my life, you know, to sit there and to take care of her. My grandmother and I, my grandmother retired so she could sit there, mm. you know, and be with my mom. And then when I got home from school, my grandmother would go home and then I would sit with her, you know, at night. Wow. And um, I literally saw her go from, you know, I don't know if you've seen a picture of her, but we look exactly alike. Mm. So I literally seen her go from a, you know, healthy self-sufficient person to, you know, maybe 90 pounds and not able to walk. But still, in my 16-year-old mind, I trusted God and I didn't believe that she was going to die. Okay. Like nothing, nobody could have told me that. Right. And I remember saying out of my mouth, um, you know, God wouldn't let my mom die. Ooh. And so when I... The morning she had gone into the hospital and I, I didn't know this until later, but the doctor had told my grandmother um, that she only had three days to live. So on the third day, I was, you know, I was in high school, but dual enrolled. And so I had a test um, that morning mm -hmm. and I was up getting ready to go take my test. And um, I was at my grandmother's house. My uncle was there with me and the phone rang. And at my grandmother's house is old, okay? So we had the little rotary dial phone on the wall. <laughs> so um, the phone rang. So my uncle picked it up in the back, and I picked it up in the front. But he didn't know I had picked it up. Oh. And so it was my grandmother telling him, bring her now because she's dying. So I heard that. Nobody knew I heard it. You know, I heard it. And I literally went in the bathroom, and I lost it. And I was so angry with God because I was saying, you know, God, wouldn't let her. why would you let this happen? Why would you let her die? I didn't mm -hmm. think you would let her die. Why would you let her die? Mm -hmm. And so for me, that was, that was devastating, you know, because I never, you know, the whole time it happened quickly, you know, the cancer, you know, it happened quickly, like over a matter. It wasn't even a year. Mm. Um, but still in my mind, I didn't think she was going to die. Right. So, yeah, that was devastating. Because I, I know a lot of people have that. Um, they get stuck in that place of, of being, especially angry. as a believer, mm -hmm. you know, being angry with God about how he allows things to play out. Um, wow. And so do you remember when that anger went away or how you dealt with dealt with it um it took years mm -hmm. it took years for it to go away so I you know I grew up in church so I would sit in church and I would sit there bad I didn't want to hear anything nobody say anything to me about God because I felt like God betrayed me mm. right mm -hmm. um but I could never get away from God right I was still there, but I could never get, a, you know, I was still angry, mm -hmm. but I would still be there mm -hmm. in his presence. Mm -hmm. um, and so I would literally, you know, sit in my room. I had a roommate at the time. Um, fast forward, because I was in the 11th grade when she died. And so we're talking two, three years later, I'm still angry, wow. you know. So I would sit, you know, my first roommate in college, I would sit in my room and no lights. 
no, you know, just quiet. Mm -hmm. And I would cry for hours and hours and hours. And she would come and, you know, she would knock on the door. Are you okay? Mm -hmm. And I would just say, yeah. And I was sitting there for hours. Um, I was depressed. I was, you know, like I said, I didn't, I didn't see a life outside of that. Mm -hmm. I didn't have anybody. So, you know, when, when, um, you know, people were getting married or, you know, things were happening in life. They mm -hmm. had their parents there. I didn't have that, mm -hmm. you know, and that's all I could focus on. Mm -hmm. I couldn't focus on the people that were actually there. Right. All I could focus on was what I didn't have, who wasn't there. Mm -hmm. um, how I got over being angry with God, I think at that time in my life, um, I think at that time in my life, I just, time, you know, time just, the anger went away, but I still didn't trust God. Mm. That came later. Mm. That came years later. You know, I, 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 I wasn't angry anymore. I was able to, you know, move past it, but I still didn't let my guard down to trust God. That, right. that didn't come later until later in life. You know what's so cool about that is that that's why I always tell people, like, I'm not a religious person. I have a relationship with God. Right. I am a Bible believer. Right. Um, but that's what a relationship is. Yeah. You go through those yeah. times where you may be angry at someone. Oh, yeah. uh, you don't trust them anymore. But that's a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the beautiful part of it. When somebody betrays you, they have to earn your trust again. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that, you know, <laughs> I'm making God earn my yeah. trust again. But what I'm saying is I think um, one of my, uh, my spiritual moms, somebody said something to me. She said to me, and this is years later, she said, ask God to prove himself to you. Oh, wow. And that may have been the single most powerful prayer that I've ever asked is because it's like he he continuously you know would do things really to prove himself and to prove his love for me mm -hmm. um so I I think I can't pinpoint one single you know a time okay. that the anger went away it just it happened over okay. time okay. and um I think I struggled with trusting God for so many years because of that one incident. You know, it, it now, you know, so much has happened since then. I have a different perspective at 42 than I did, you know, back then. But I think over time, just God began to prove himself to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I that that for me proves that God is a good father, he you is. know, like he's, it's a relationship. He like he will be there for you when you need him. And for you to be able to pray the prayer, Lord, prove yourself to me. And then he do it. That just lets me know. He just loves us he so loves, much. He loves, like, I can't even explain the overwhelming love of God that I feel now mm. that was so far away from me back then. Mm -hmm. But that's because I, I, I didn't accept it then. Right. And, and and when you look at God like a father, you know, your natural father, if he's there and he's a good dad, he's not going to give you everything that you want. Right. You know what I mean? He's going to give you what you need. Right. You know, and so 
I think over time I had to accept, you know, it was her time to die. Yeah. It was my dad's time to die. It was my grandmother's time to die. Mm -hmm. You know, that really had nothing to do with me. You know, mm -hmm. that was their time. Right. But my anger was, you know, God, why would you leave me here alone? Mm -hmm. You know, why would you leave me here to, um, I, I didn't know, I didn't know anybody else around me who had gone through what I had gone through. Mm -hmm. I didn't see anybody else around me, mm -hmm. you know, who, uh, people had hard lives. I'm not saying that, you know, I had the hardest life, but I just didn't see that around me. Mm -hmm. And it seemed unfair. And so, you know, God being the father that he is, you know, he did, he did work. I'm not, you know, not work in the sense that we know, but he did go, you know, above and beyond to try to prove his love for me. You know, and does that sound weird when I say that? When I say that, um, what I mean is, not that when I would pray, you know, I would get everything that I, I prayed for, but just revealing himself, himself. in certain situations. Mm -hmm. You know, even though it's hard, I'm here with you to walk you through it. Mm -hmm. I'm here, you know, I can look back now and see, God, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have made it through that. So I can look back and see where, you know, he carried me through those situations. Mm -hmm. um, but at the time, I couldn't see. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't think that's that's strange to say um that God proved himself to you because it it just shows me his love. You know what I mean? Like he really wants a relationship right. with mankind. Right. And that's why Jesus died. Right. So that we can have that relationship with him, but it in in and not that um like you said that he gives us everything. It's not that. It's no. he knows, like they talk about your love language. God knows your he love knows. language. He, he knows really you. Does. He knows everything about you. But he also knows those voids. Yeah. And he knows, the, like, I like to um, kind of describe our heart as layers, mm -hmm. like an onion. And so, you know, he knows how to pull back those layers and, you know, touch on those parts, those places that we don't even know need, you know, healing. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think over the years, he just began to pull back the layers and began to mend those broken places that I didn't realize were broken, mm -hmm. you know? So it, it's, that's love to me. Yeah. You know, that's, you love me enough to go to that link to get me to open my eyes and recognize, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't about him being, because I know I, I've talked to people who, you know, are still angry with God and can't understand why they, you know, have had the life that they've had and, you know, why they've gone through the things that they've gone through. But God does certain things that we go through in life are to make us who he wants us exactly. to be, right? Exactly. And so sometimes, yes, he uses pain to do that. Mm -hmm. He uses pain to bring forth purpose. He uses pain to, you know, get you. He, I've heard somebody say, God is more concerned about your character than he is about your comfort. Mm. And so, yes, those painful things, those things are painful, but sometimes we go through those to get us to the place that he wants us to be, to get us, you know, our character refined to the place that he wants us to be. Yeah, because God wants to use us. Right. 
You know, this right. this this life is not our own. Right. Like he really wants to use us for his purpose. He right. had a purpose in mind when he right. made each and every one of us. And like you said, he has to do some things to get us to be obedient right. to right. his will exactly. and his way. You know, because we just won't sometimes we just won't do right. We just won't do same. it. I think I would have been out doing my own thing. I would have been doing my own thing had, you know, it not been for God. You know, it's like a um, pruning. You know, sometimes we don't know what's in our heart, right? We don't know those things that, you know, God wants to remove or, you know, what he can't use. And so sometimes he sends us through a pruning process, which may be painful. Mm -hmm. You know, I was a spoiled brat. Listen. (laughs) If I cried, I expected everybody, you know, to jump at it. That's how I was raised, Mm -hmm. you know. So that's not life. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a parenting point right there. (laughs) I'm I'm learning that now (laughs) as my children continue to get older is that, you know, when you build that, that spoiled, child it it really is not preparing them for the real world because the real world is not not like that it's not reality so you have to my mom told me you know a lot of times just because of that like you know I'm just not going to tell you yes all the time it definitely helped me definitely helped me so um so and then you spoke about the miscarriages so I didn't, you know, I was like, I don't know, <laughs> but I do want you to speak on it as freely as you can, mm-hmm. because I know women have gone through this time and time again, and that's grieving as well. It is very much grieving. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think if, if people have not been through it, then they, you know, brush it under the rug, you know, as if it's nothing. You never got to hold that child. You never got to see that child. And so, you know, I guess I think people just move on Mm -hmm. or don't acknowledge it. Um, But it really is a, a death. It's a grieving process. You grieve that, you know, child the same way that you would grieve a child that you were holding. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's ever, easy to lose a child and that's you know whether that child is here or not Mm -hmm. um we've had three miscarriages Uh, we've been married for four years so you know we've had three miscarriages um this last time I think was probably the most traumatic um and I had literally said to God you know once I found out that I was pregnant, I said, God, you know, if this is not, my heart can't take it. You know, if this is not, um, if this is not you, and if this is not what you want, then I don't even want to be pregnant. You know, it's basically what I said. Mm -hmm. And I found out I was pregnant. And so um, I was nervous you know, this mm-hmm. was last year in October, November. Um, and so, you know, of course I was nervous, you know, my husband was excited. Um, but we chose to kind of, you know, keep it at bay, not really, you know, display excitement because we had already been through this two times before. Right. And I am older, you know, so you have to fa- factor that in. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
I got to the point where, you know, we went to the doctor. We saw, you know, the we heard the heartbeat. Oh, we saw wow. the ultrasound. You know, we had a due date. The due date was on my daughter's birthday. That's the part that I was like, okay, you know, this is it's, real. It's, it's, yeah, this, this is, is real, right? <laughs> yes. And so um, fast forward 12 weeks, um, we had we had gone, gone through COVID and I didn't take any medicine, you know, I'm thinking, okay, I don't want to do anything that's going to jeopardize, you know, the baby. So, you know, I'm, I'm toughing it out. Right. Mm-hmm. And but um, you, you actually got COVID. Yeah. Oh, we okay. had COVID. Okay. Um, and so I'm feeling guilty, right. Because, oh. you know, no, you don't go intentionally and get COVID, but right. I'm feeling guilty. Okay. Maybe I shouldn't have gone. I should have stayed home. I should have been, you know, more, um, Care, I should have been more careful. Mm-hmm. And so we're home. We're all, you know, my daughter, my husband, we're all, we all have COVID, right? So um, we're just laying around, you know. <laughs> and I wake up one morning and it started. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be graphic, yeah. but, you know, yeah. it started. And did you know immediately that's what it was or? I think yes, mm-hmm. but you don't want to, right? You know, I, I didn't want to accept that, yeah. right? So, um, you know, I scream, mm. right? So my husband runs into the bathroom, and we immediately, he's like, you know, go get dressed. We're going to the hospital. So, this is this is New Year's Eve. Yeah, no, this is uh, what was the Friday? Anyway, it's it's New Year's Eve weekend. Mm-hmm. And so I go to, it's on a Friday. Mm -hmm. I go to the um, emergency room and I do the ultrasound and they tell me, the ultrasound tech wouldn't say a word. She never said a word. So I'm laying on the table, I'm crying, you know, and I had to go in there by myself because of COVID, right? Uh. So I'm laying there on the table and um, the ultrasound tech won't say a word. So I'm asking her a question. She's like, I'll have to, you know, I'll let the doctor tell you, you know, I have to let the doctor review it first. Mm -hmm. So I go down and, um, you know, this doctor, he's, he was very, very compassionate. Um, You know, he gave me a hug. He said, you know, it does look like, you know, we've started, you started having a miscarriage. He said, but I've seen people still go, you know, bleed, but still have a viable pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So come back in two days and we're going to redo it. Are you serious? But wait. So he says, come back in two days and we're going to redo the ultrasound and we're going to redo the blood work. So I said, okay. The hardest day, you know, I had to go out to the car, you know, and tell my husband. So we immediately drive, you know, we just, we're he's just driving. Like, we don't know where we're going. He's right. just driving, right? So we end up at the beach. We get out. We pray. You know, I can't really say much, you mm-hmm. know, at that moment, right? Um, so the longest two days go by. Sunday morning, we get up and go back to the emergency room. I get there, I'm laying on the ultrasound table and um, the ultrasound tech says, your baby's heartbeat stopped at eight weeks. I'm 12 weeks. Are you? Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah, she said, um, the baby's heartbeat stopped at eight weeks. So this. Like how? How? So nobody said, you know, the first uh, emergency room visit. Nobody said anything. 
Not to get into technicals, but <laughs> is this at the same hospital? You went to the yeah. same hospital? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yes. Same hospital, same It's just, same it's, And it's so funny that, like, people in that field, bedside manner is so different. Sometimes, like you say, your, your doctor was so compassionate. Then you get somebody that... The ultrasound that tech who's like, even, oh, you know... Like, I, I'm not going to tell you or, you know, the other one who was, you know, like I said, I'm laying on the table. I got tears rolling down my eyes and she's like, oh, your baby's heartbeat stopped, you know, weeks ago. Wow. So, um, yeah, so I literally um, they wanted me to, you know, mm-hmm. try not to be graphic, but, you know, for it to come out okay. and it couldn't, you know, they wanted to give me medicine that would kind of put me in labor or whatever Mm -hmm. to make. And I just, I didn't have the mental capacity because I had already gone through, you know, I left out the graphic parts, but at home it was, you know, a continuous process of. Just flow out, just keep. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I had already gone through that, you know, every time you go to the bathroom, it's like, you know, God, don't let it, you know, don't let this happen. Be that. Yeah. yeah, don't let this be that. But, you know, it it was. And um, I think that incident threatened to send me back to a place of depression. Mm-hmm. And I, I say that because... Um, I say that because... Although I had I had gone through therapy, I had gone through um, work, you know, to get myself to a place of, you know, healing. Mm-hmm. But like I said, our hearts are like onions, right? Mm-hmm. So there are different layers mm-hmm. that we don't even realize is still there, mm-hmm. you know. And so losing, having this third miscarriage kind of threatened to send me back to the place that I, that I was, you know, before. Um, And it just felt like one loss on top of the other, you know, on top of the other. And I just couldn't understand God, why? Um, God, why? You know, why? Why would you, you know, continue to allow? Um, And it's, it's, it's an emptiness that I can't really explain, you know. I had, I had set up, you know, all types of registries and, you know, I had my Pinterest board, you know, with my baby, what I wanted the nursery to look like. You know, you go through all this planning and then to go home, you know, I still got this big belly, you know, but I go home with nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's um it's a hard loss. Yeah. That's a, it's pretty traumatic. Yeah. 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 Wow. I don't I don't think I've ever spoken to anybody about their miscarriage in really? that in that detail. Yeah, I I know people that have yeah. had them, but I've never heard anybody talk about it in that detail. And I know that people still go on even after yeah. five miscarriages yeah. and still trying and, yeah. and end up having a baby. Right. Um but to go through that is I heard, um, I think it was Gabrielle Union who had gone through, you know, like five, you know, different miscarriages and, um, you know, she had done IVF and everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she mentioned getting to a place where, you know, she felt like, what's wrong with me? Am I not, you know, a woman? 
you know, to be able to carry um, a child. And so I think you go through, you know, questioning your body, questioning yourself, questioning, Mm -hmm. you know, well, what did I do wrong? Um, Could I have done anything different? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the first two, you know, I was hurt. I was, you know, we were disappointed, but I was able to move forward Mm -hmm. quicker. Mm -hmm. Um, This last one was just so involved. Yeah. 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 I, I can imagine the back and forth to the hospital and all yeah. of that. That's that's it's yeah. definitely a lot. So I'm I'm sorry for your loss. And you know I was. I was like, I oh know. my gosh. Oh. I was like, I should text her and tell her. Oh girl. Like I and I was just checking up on them. You know, yeah. like, oh no. Because we had talked about it, yeah. you know, from the beginning. Yeah. So so, but we know the Lord knows. And so it was after that is what pushed the mending yeah. project into play. Yeah. Okay. Um, because I would sit, I didn't really have answers. Okay. Right. I would, um, and, and I've grown to a place in my relationship with God where I can give him my full trust. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've grown to a place I've matured in God enough to know, you know, that he does nothing to harm us, but everything that he does or everything that he allows oh. is to make us right. Yes. So, you know, during that time I would sit at home and, you know, I normally, you know, pray, right. Mm-hmm. You know, before I get started, before I do anything during the day, I pray. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I couldn't at that time, mm. like, you know, I just couldn't find the words. And so I would sit with my Bible and I would sit and I would just cry. Mm-hmm. You know, I, my husband and he's, uh, you know, as loving and, um, as compassionate as he is, he couldn't understand why, you know, I was so broken mm-hmm. by it. Mm-hmm. And. He was hurt, you know, but everybody else was able to. My daughter went back to school. My husband went back to work. I worked from home, so I was home. I was home alone. You know, it's like everybody else went back to their lives. They had something to distract them from that pain. And um, I was sitting in it. And it brought back, you know, all the pain from childhood. It brought back all the pain from all the losses. And it just kind of overwhelmed me right Mm -hmm. um and I realized that a lot of the things that I have gone through half of the people that know me don't know Mm. I never talked about it I never said you know I never acknowledged you know people would always say to me oh you're so strong you're so strong and I kind of cringe when people say that because Mm -hmm. strong would indicate that you're not affected Mm -hmm. I was affected Mm -hmm. you know and so I I never really talked in depth with people about what I've gone through and what I felt, you know, the the um, result of going through those things. Right. And um, God said to me, you know, as I was sitting there with tears in my eyes, tell your story. And I didn't want to because I think going through a lot of the things that I've gone through in life, I, I kind of, it changed my personality, right? I remember being in high school, you know, I was most popular and I was, you know, outgoing and everything and just going through some of the things that I've gone through. Cause there are a lot of things that we haven't even talked about, right? Right. Going through some of the things that I've gone through, um, it kind of made me 
like a turtle, right? You go back into your shell because that's your place of protection. Right. Right. And so um, I just kind of became a different person. You know what I mean? And so a lot of the people who, yeah, they know I've gone through things, but they don't know how it affected me. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, God basically said, tell your story. Because there are so many people out there who have gone through things and be, you know, under the um, label of strong, we don't Mm -hmm. talk about it. Right. You know, we just move on, you know. Um, And so, you know, one of the things that God said, you know, that would be a healing process for me was to talk about it and to tell my story. And so the mending project where I had in my mind, you know, for it to look, you know, one way, God said, no, you know, I just want you to tell your story. I just want you to give hope to somebody else who may have gone through the losses or may have gone through the abuse or may have gone through, you know, uh, some of the things that you've gone through and just tell how you healed from it or how you're healing from it. Right. Because I think healing is, it's not a one-time thing. It's ongoing. It's ongoing. It's mm-hmm. something that, you know, I'll probably spend the rest of my life doing. But the fact that I can be open mm-hmm. and now show up as myself instead of trying to cover it up. Right. And look a certain way in public and go home and be different. Right. You know, so... um it's like, it just is what it is. It is what it yeah. is. You either accept I me. think you get a certain age and <laughs> exactly. you just be like, hey. Exactly. <laughs> I can't hold this up no more. You know, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired of that. This is who I am. This you either accept me, you yep. know, for who I am or, you know. Right. And, and understand that, you know, a lot of times in my relationships, um, if anything looked like hurt, you know, this is any type of relationship, friendships, you know, whatever. If anything looked like betrayal, hurt, pain, mm-hmm. I'm done. I'm cutting it off. You're not even going to let not, them get that right, close to, right. yeah. You know, and that's not healthy. That's it's a coping not, mechanism. Right. And it, it, it prevents you from having healthy relationships with people. Right. And so even when I say, you know, this is who I am, accept me for who I am, I'm not saying that I'm not changing. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that I'm working And if you're not willing to go through that process of, you know, me learning and asking for forgiveness, you know, when I cut you off and, you know, it really shouldn't have been that way or when I shut down and it really shouldn't have been that way, you know, I'm learning. I'm, I'm, I'm learning at 42, right? I'm learning, you know, how to have healthy relationships that don't, you know, make me revert back to my shell. Right. Yeah. And it, I, and I think it has a lot to do with us getting to know ourselves and accepting right. ourselves, right. like accepting those things that are different about us. And right. that's why I ended up starting this platform. It's me coming into the realization. Now I've been diagnosed in college, but I'm just now accepting right. that this is what it is. But you know, you have to, you have to live. You do. You have to live. Beyond that. Beyond that. And you have to surround yourself with people that are willing to accept you for who you are and allow you to be. Um, Because everyone that I've really met and that are open enough to talk about their traumas and talk about their mental health, um, they're really special people. You know, really authentic people. You know, you have to be really authentic to talk like this. Right. And so, you know, we may be a little 
quirky, quirky or a little different sometimes. Right? But hey, hey, I am who I am. Yeah, and, and like you said, I've accepted. Yeah, who I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. cool. Great. So if um, give us some words of encouragement or tools, maybe that you have used throughout of throughout all of these processes i know prayer has been yeah definitely number, number one. one okay yeah. prayer is definitely yeah. number one a strong relationship with god is so important because he's our creator so he knows all about us yeah. so that relationship like you said is going to make you right you know you right. continue to nurture that relationship with god and it's going to make you what are some other practical tools that you have used. I heard you said you were in therapy, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've gone through therapy. So, um, you know, first and foremost, like you said, God is our creator. He's our manufacturer, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you have a product and it breaks down, you go back to the manual, mm -hmm. you know, to figure out how to fix it. And right. so the manual, the word of God, plus, you know, prayer. So that's number one for me. And I do think as you know, people of color and I just everybody in general, mm -hmm. I think we need to go through therapy. Mm -hmm. I really do because it opens your eyes to, you know, things about you that you don't real realize, you know, you're so accustomed to doing things a certain way, mm -hmm. you know, you may not get the result that you want, you know, but you're so accustomed to doing things a certain way that you don't realize that you're doing it. So mm -hmm. um, I think therapy was huge. One of the things, you know, that I struggled with um, was having a negative perception, you know, of life, period. Mm -hmm. You know, um, negative self-talk, all that. So, you know, one of the things that the therapist would have me do was to, you know, write a thought log, right? Mm -hmm. All the thoughts that you have throughout the day, you know, write them down mm -hmm. because it'll give you a pattern, you know, of what you're thinking, what about. you're thinking about. Yep. And you don't realize, you know, I God, my life it. is the way that it is because my mindset. You're constantly yes. that self-talk is it's huge. huge. It's huge. And so, you know, my life is the way that it is because. I'm constantly talking negative. I'm constantly, you frame your world with your words, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that was huge. That was an eye opener for me. Um, the other thing I think, you know, I think therapy is going to be different for everybody. Mm -hmm. But, you know, one of the things that was huge for me was just kind of, I don't want to say affirmation, but declaring, you know, certain things over my over my life. Like mm -hmm. I would wake up in the morning and, you know, I would do declarations or I would do, you know, affirmations because it kind of trains you your, yeah. your thought process. Mm -hmm. It trains you to focus on, you know, um, the positive versus mm -hmm. the negative. And another thing that I would do, and I tell my daughter to do this, is to write a gratitude log because for so long I focused on the negative. I focused on who wasn't there. I focused on, you know, what I lost versus what I should be grateful for. Right. So I think that was huge um, eye-opener for me as well. So it's it's just kind of, you know, accepting what has been because there's nothing that you can do to change it and deciding that you're going to continue to live life, you know, even though those things happen to you. They don't define who you are. Right. But, you know, you're going to use that. Right. And continue to live life and hopefully help somebody along the way, you know. Right. Exactly. All right. So y'all heard it here. Accept what has happened. <laughs> really 
it it happened it was terrible and and nobody can take that away from you but you have to accept it and deal with it and our goal here is that we all live happy healthy lives mentally and spiritually so if you need help get the help that you need you can reach out to <laughs> I'm not going to do it the mending project at the mending project are you on Instagram and Facebook so, no, not really. I'm still building, guys. So be patient with me. Um, this is a lot. So you can reach me at the mending project underscore on Instagram. If you want to email me, you can email me at the mending project um, at gmail.com. Okay. And um, and this is this mainly is a support group. Right. A support group. If you're looking for support as you go through your therapy, because therapy is important, as you're mending through your processes, you can have a group of women that are have been through similar circumstances and situations that will be able to stand by you through your process. So I want to thank you for being on the show today. I just want to thank you for being so transparent and open because that's what we need. We yeah. overcome the enemy by the word of our testimony, right? Yeah. So we all have a testimony and we ought to share it because you don't have to look like what you've been through. You know, you don't, you don't. You don't. And, and there is freedom on the other side I always I always tell people I know like this moment in time is rough but keep after living. this yeah keep living keep going yeah keep yeah. going this is not the end right if you're still here it's not the end it's not it's really not it's really not it's not I told you I thought you know at some point you know throughout my life that it was the end it really wasn't. it really wasn't I'm so grateful that I continued All right, so you all just listen out for our next episode. We're on every Tuesday. This is Sit With Me. I am your host, Tori Christina. We thank you again. Thank you.